Today's reading is from John chapter 13, verses 18 to 30. John chapter 13, verses 18 to 30. I'm not referring to all of you. I know those I have chosen. But this is to fill this passage of scripture. He who shared my bread has turned against me. I am telling you now before it happens, so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me, and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. After he had said this, Jesus was troubled in spirit and testified, Very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. His disciples stared at one another at a loss to know which of them he meant. One of them, the disciple whom Jesus loved, was reclining next to him. Simon Peter motioned to this disciple and said, Ask him which one he means. Leaning back against Jesus, he asked him, Lord, who is it? Jesus answered, It is the one to whom I will give this piece of bread when I have dipped it in the dish. Then dipping the piece of bread, he gave it to Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot. As soon as Judas took the bread, Satan entered into him. So Jesus told him, What you are about to do, do quickly. But no one at the meal understood why Jesus said this to him. Since Judas had charge of the money, some thought Jesus was telling him to buy what was needed for the festival or to give something to the poor. As soon as Judas had taken the bread, he went out and it was night. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good Friday to you. Uh, Hundreds of millions of people, if not billions of people around the world are celebrating Easter this weekend. And today we're talking about Good Friday, the events of Jesus' death on the cross and his betrayal leading up to his death. And the key to understanding Good Friday is to understand the darkness and just how horrible it is what happened to Jesus. And it is horrible what happened to Jesus but also to see that what happened to Jesus is actually the ultimate demonstration of God's love for people. So it's kind of strange. There's two sides. There's the darkness and the light. There's Jesus' friends hating him and betraying him, but then there's also God loving us, his enemies, and reconciling us with him. And so what we're going to see is that Jesus was willingly betrayed so that anyone who has betrayed Jesus in their life can actually be forgiven and reconciled to him. That's what we're going to see today. The first thing we see in our passage is that Jesus was betrayed. Jesus was betrayed. Right after washing his disciples' feet, uh, one of the people whose feet he washed, Judas, is going to trample him with the feet that Jesus has just washed. And we see this, um, if you read in John chapter 13, verses 19 to 21, it says, Jesus says, I'm telling you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe that I am who I am. Very truly, I tell you, whoever accepts anyone I send accepts me and whoever accepts me accepts the one who sent me. And after he had said this, Jesus was troubled in his spirit and testified, very truly, I tell you, one of you is going to betray me. Now, throughout John's gospel, Jesus has been making the claim that he has divine authority. It's been pointing to the fact that he is the Messiah. We see this actually at the end of John's gospel where John says, I'm writing these things so that you can believe that Jesus is the Messiah. 
And throughout the rest of John's gospel, we're going to see lots of Old Testament references to help uh, Jewish readers understand that Jesus is the Messiah that they've been waiting for. But in this moment when Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me, the disciples are looking at each other and they're confused. They're wondering who is the one that's going to betray Jesus. And what we see is that it is Judas. Judas is the one who's going to betray Jesus. After everything Jesus has done for Judas, after all the love that he has shown, Judas goes out into the night and it's a very dark night in every sense. Judas has his own dark night of the soul as he goes out to betray Jesus and to hand him over to the authorities who are going to take him away and crucify him. Now, it's interesting. Notice right after Jesus predicts Judas' betrayal, he also predicts Peter's denial of him. Peter, another disciple, he's going to go and he's going to follow Jesus from a distance, but He's going to, three times, he's going to deny Jesus and let Jesus go and be crucified. So not only does Judas betray Jesus, but in a sense, Peter also betrays Jesus as well. Throughout the story, we see Jesus' disciples one by one betraying Jesus. And there's a real sense, actually, when we think about our own lives, we all betray Jesus. We all deny Jesus. We betray God. We deny God when we live on autopilot, when we choose to live as if God isn't there, when we ignore God and live our own way. This is the problem with humanity, is that we live in willing separation and ignorance of God. And this is what the Easter story addresses. The question is, these are dark events, and if this is all that happens, what's the point of it? How does these events of Jesus being betrayed, how do they help us at all? And it's not actually clear until we look past what's happening on the human level and we look at what's happening on the spiritual level. There's lots of ways you can read this story and misunderstand what's going on. Um, I saw this interview with a farmer where he was talking about when sheep are led away to the slaughterhouse, um, sheep do not willingly go. They're, they can sense that there's danger in the air when, when farmers try to lead them away to that building. And they, maybe it's the smell in the air. There's something, they get this sense of danger. Now, the slaughterhouse operators have discovered a way to solve this problem and to get the sheep to go. And what they do is they keep a sheep on the premises in the building where the slaughters happen. And that sheep gets to live on the premises and gets to walk around and gets used to it and is happy to go in and out. And what they do is they get that sheep to go out of the building so that all the other sheep can see that sheep happily going in and out of the slaughterhouse and so all the other sheep follow. Seeing one of their own go in happily, they follow. Now the farmers have a name for that sheep and they call it the Judas sheep. Now, some people think that this is what's happening in this story, that Judas is tricking Jesus, is fooling Jesus into going out and being betrayed. But that's not what is happening at all. It's not accurate at all. Jesus is clearly aware of what's going on and what's going to happen. Earlier in John's gospel, Jesus says, the reason my father loves me is that I lay down my life only to take it up again. No one takes it from me but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. Jesus knows what's going on. And the next events that we see are really quite terrible. Jesus 
He's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's captured by Judas and, and the soldiers. He's tried falsely by Pilate. He's beaten, mocked, and then he's crucified and he's killed. And as the story goes on, Jesus is getting more and more isolated. Crowds used to follow him. Now it's just his disciples. Judas left him. The 10 others left him until it's just Jesus and Peter following at a distance. Peter denies him. And then on the cross, it's just Jesus and God, his father. And he's alone. Have you ever been alone? Have you ever felt alone? Have you ever felt like the only one there in your life is you and maybe God if he's there, if he's listening? Have you ever felt like that? The crowds were confused. The crowds didn't understand what was happening. But God had actually given the crowds and given the Jews centuries of context to understand what was happening in this moment, that a sacrifice was taking place. It was, um, it was the Passover festival. And um, in Leviticus chapter 16, it talks about um, an atonement that takes place, the sacrifice. In Leviticus 16, it says, the priest is to lay both hands on the head of the live goat and confess over it all the wickedness and rebellion of the Israelites, all their sins, and put them on the goat's head. He shall send the goat away into the wilderness in the care of someone appointed for the task. The goat will carry on itself all their sins to a remote place, and the man shall release it in the wilderness. The very first time Jesus appears in John's gospel, John the Baptist looks at him and he says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And Good Friday is about Jesus, the Lamb of God, taking away the sin of the world by sacrificially dying on the cross in our place for our sin. Now, Christians throughout the centuries have looked at this as a powerful demonstration, the most powerful demonstration of God's love for people. Now, maybe as you listen to the Easter story, Jesus' death on the cross, maybe you're confused, maybe you need to wrestle and, and realize what's going on here. How does this work? How does Jesus' death on the cross benefit us? How is it God's way of welcoming us back to him? How does it actually work? Now, there's, a, there's an old song that I stumbled across. Um, uh, it's called Tie a Yellow Ribbon Round the Old Oak Tree. Maybe you've heard it. It's a song from the 70s. Um, the premise of the song it's about a man who spent a few years in jail. He's um, committed a crime worthy of some time in jail. And the song is written about the day of his release from his perspective. And he's wondering if his wife is going to let him come home, if she wants him back. Um, the lyrics for the first part go like this. Let me read some of these lyrics. It says, I'm coming home. I've done my time. Now I've got to know what is and isn't mine. If you received my letter telling you I'd soon be free, then you'll know just what to do if you still want me. Tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. It's been three, three long years. Do you still want me? If I don't see a ribbon round the old oak tree, I'll stay on the bus, forget about us, put the blame on me. Here we've got a man, he's nervous. He's wondering if his wife's going to want him back. He says to her, if you do, this is the signal, tie a yellow ribbon round the old oak tree. And as I'm driving home on the prison bus, if, if I don't see one, I'll just stay on the bus and keep going. And as the song progresses, he's so nervous. He's too nervous to look. And he actually asked those in the bus with him to look for him. And 
everyone on the bus kind of catches on to what's going on. And so they're all waiting with bated breath as they cross over the hill to look at the tree. And here are the lyrics. It says, Now the whole bus is cheering, and I can't believe I see a hundred yellow ribbons round the old oak tree. I'm coming home. When we look at our lives and when we look down the barrel of history, the barrel of time, and in the middle of history sits this tree, the cross, and Jesus' death on it, that's a thousand yellow ribbons right there. That is God saying to people, I love you to the extent that I'm willing to sacrifice my one and only son so that those who believe in him don't have to perish like he did, but they can have eternal life in relationship with me. The cross is the greatest demonstration of God's love. It's this beam of light amidst all the darkness of our confusing world, amidst all the darkness of these horrible events that happened to Jesus, his betrayal, his denial. This is the ultimate demonstration of God's love. And this is why we celebrate on Good Friday. It is awful what happened to Jesus, but it is also the most beautiful thing that God has ever done for his people. The question is, have you acknowledged the fact deep down you do betray God in your life? You do betray Jesus by living in a way that ignores him, by living your own way. I do it. We all do it. Becoming a Christian is a matter of acknowledging that and coming to Jesus and realizing what he's done. He has willingly been betrayed so that we who have betrayed him don't need to face the punishment because he's faced the punishment for us. We who willingly ignore him, he chose not to ignore us, but he came down in the flesh to live amongst our mess and to deal with it by dying on the cross for us. It's the ultimate sacrifice that anyone could make, and Jesus made it for us. If there's any confusion in your life about whether God loves you, this should leave no question mark. This leaves an exclamation mark. Yes, God does love you. To an extent that we can't even fathom, to an extent that's hard to comprehend, his love is so great for us. And the call of Good Friday is understand this and come back and, and put your trust in Jesus. That is the joy of Easter the joy of reconciliation with God. I wonder if you've ever been in a situation where you've had maybe a, a family member or a parent who has maybe betrayed you or maybe you've betrayed them. It is an awful thing. And yet that's exactly what we do with God. And rather than betraying us, rather than ignoring us, God does the work of reaching down and fixing the problem and welcoming us back into into relationship with him. And there's nothing more beautiful when betrayal gets undone and forgiveness and reconciliation happens. I hope this has been a great reminder of Good Friday and why it is good, why Jesus' death on the cross for us is good, that he was betrayed willingly for us, he was denied for us, and he died for us. The question that remains is how can we actually know that this happened? How can we actually know that his death on the cross 
was that spiritual thing, not just a human thing, but a spiritual thing where our sin can be forgiven, where our rejection, our ignoring God can be forgiven. How do we know that? And in part, that's what Easter Sunday is all about. As Jesus rises physically from death to life, this great miracle, this is also God saying, not only do I love you, but I've shown it powerfully through Jesus' resurrection. And that's what we're going to look at on Easter Sunday. So I invite you, tune in on Easter Sunday, come to church on Easter Sunday, and enjoy as we celebrate Jesus conquering death and rising from death to life. So I hope to see you on Easter Sunday where we celebrate life, eternal new life. Let's pray. Father, I give you great thanks that you sent Jesus into our world to deal with our mess. Thank you so much that Jesus was willingly betrayed so that we who have betrayed Jesus in our life, we who have betrayed you in our life, can be forgiven and reconciled. Thank you so much that you demonstrate your love for us so powerfully in Jesus' death on the cross. I pray that you'd help us to acknowledge that we don't live the way that we should, that we all betray you, and yet Jesus has opened up the way for forgiveness. He's taken the punishment on himself. Help us to trust in Jesus and receive life in his name. Thank you for Easter and this opportunity to remember everything that Jesus has done for us in his death and his resurrection. In Jesus' name, amen.